Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Monday, and we're in a season called Ordinary Time. This is the fourth week after Pentecost, and we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Visit us with your salvation, and sustain us with your gracious Spirit. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding Word of God. A reading from Jeremiah, chapter 28. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur, from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place King Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, may the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak to you in your hearing and in the hearing of all of the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent that prophet. It can be difficult to hear and to interpret what God is saying to us especially when people seem to speak opposing messages in God's name. In the Bible, we find prophets speaking words to warn, to encourage, to counsel, to advise kings and rulers so that they can act according to God's will and purposes 
so that they can change and repent and change directions. Problems arose, of course, when God's word through the prophet rebuked, critiqued, or called into question the policies and actions that these kings, princes, priests, nobles, and even the people favored. But it seems that for every prophet that spoke a word of judgment against the king, there was another who claimed to be a prophet speaking words that the king wanted to hear in the name of the Lord. And this is the case with the prophets Jeremiah and Hananiah. The section we just read is part of a larger argument between these two prophets, and the issue up for debate is Judah's response to the invasion of the Babylonians. The king of Babylon has conquered most of the land of Judah and laid siege to its capital of Jerusalem. During that time, Jeremiah has consistently delivered messages from the Lord telling the king and the king's rulers and aides to submit and the army to submit to the Babylonian rule and conquest. The king, however, following other counsel, has refused to pay tribute, and the Babylonians responded by sacking the temple, taking away all the temple vessels, the king, the king's son, and all number of elite into exile in Babylon. Now, with the Babylonians placing a new king upon the throne, Jeremiah shows up at court with a wooden yoke around his neck. It's a prophetic action to communicate God's word with a powerful visual image, and the word is what nobody wants to hear. God has given this people, has given Judah, has given God's people over to the Babylonians. Judah and its people are to trust in the Lord, but submit to the yoke of the Babylonians. This is God's will and God's purpose for them. God is not with Judah in a fight, but with Babylon. Judah needs to surrender and submit, and in doing so, put their trust once again in the Lord. Hananiah, on the other hand, brings another word from the Lord, saying that God has broken the yoke of the Babylonians, and now within two years, the king, the king's son, and all the exiles shall return. God is with Judah. God is with Jerusalem. And after all, this is the temple of the Lord. The Lord will triumph over Babylon. Not surprisingly, Hananiah's message is well-received. Jeremiah's is rejected. In today's passage is Jeremiah's response. He desires with all of his heart that Hananiah is speaking the truth. He, too, wants there to be peace. He wants God's people to be set free. He wants the exiles to return the temple, worship to go back to normal, the king back on the throne. But the thing about prophets is that they are typically sent to correct the actions of kings when they go against the covenant between God and God's people. When they overstep their bounds as king and authority, instead of acting in God's ways and in God's interest. When they turn their back on their neighbor and they promote all kinds of evil and injustice, or in this case, when they simply refuse to trust in God alone in the face of imminent conquest. Prophets are sent to announce doom and disaster, to call to repentance, and then to reassure them of God's steadfast love and faithfulness. So if Hananiah is right, we will all need to witness and see peace breaking out around them. What they see, however, is the exact contrary. The problem is is that Hananiah's lie is believed, and that leads those who are still in authority to act once again against what what God is truly doing. It inspires them to conspire and fight and rebel against Babylon, believing that God is with them. They take a disaster and they transform it into a national catastrophe. Soon, the whole entire city of Jerusalem 
will be sacked and burned, the temple destroyed, not one stone left upon another. Why? Because they chose to act according to their own counsel, their own imagination, their own power, their own might, instead of trusting God's word through the prophet Jeremiah. But with the words of Hananiah and Jeremiah contrasting each other, how could those people ever know? Well, it was Jeremiah's word that was consistent with the word of the covenant all along. It was consistent with the heart and the message of Scripture. And Jeremiah's word also took an honest assessment of the way things were between Judah and Babylon, an honest assessment of God's case against Judah. It turns out that just because we want things to turn out in a certain way doesn't mean that God wants that too. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It means that God is doing something beyond what we can see or reason or discern. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. He is the prophet who comes announcing peace. And when God raises him from the dead, he brings that peace. It comes to pass. God is truly with Jesus. And it is he through whom God will break the yoke of the oppressor. That plan to work out, though, they'll have to wait more than 400 years. And in the meantime, simply trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and souls and strength in whatever and wherever the situations of this world bring us. The word that God spoke through Jeremiah is a word calling us to trust in God with all of our heart and a word that promises that God will once again restore the heart of God's people to the relationship with God that God always intended. That promise we see fulfilled in the good news of Jesus Christ. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church. For who else, for what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else? For what else do we pray? 
We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. And Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you now and forever. Amen.